Hello, students. My name is Mike Estefan, and I want to thank you for joining me today on the EM Clerkship Podcast. This marks our third mid-month episode in our Deep Dive series, which, if you're not familiar, is our series of mid-month episodes where we dissect the topic that was covered in the Mock Oral Boards case from earlier in the month. Today's episode is going to be covering Kawasaki disease with some bonus information about multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children, abbreviated MIS-C. Before we begin, I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors, Pearson Rabbits. As you probably know from our previous episodes, Pearson Rabbits is a company that specializes in assisting medical professionals like you and me to understand the jargon behind disability insurance and find a disability insurance plan that is catered towards your specific needs. Stephanie Pearson is a former board-certified OBGYN who was unfortunately injured during an emergent delivery at work. She has firsthand experienced the process of undergoing a career-changing injury and has extensive personal experience navigating the disability insurance landscape. Now, I know most of our listeners are medical students and or residents, and most of you are young and healthy. This time in your life, when you are so young and healthy, is the ideal time to sign up for disability insurance. As a resident, you have the ability to lock in low rates that will continue with you even once your salary increases as an attending. Do the smart thing. Go to www.pearsonrabbits.com and schedule a meeting with Stephanie Pearson and her team today. Now, back to our episode. Kawasaki disease. This is a small vessel vasculitis that primarily affects children under the age of 5 and is also the leading cause of acquired heart disease amongst children in North America. Kawasaki disease is a do-not-miss diagnosis because of the potential consequences. That is, a delay in treatment of even just a couple days can lead to the development of coronary artery aneurysms or other cardiovascular complications. Let me bore you with a few numbers just to get my point across about how time-sensitive of a diagnosis this is. So at baseline, approximately 25% of children with untreated Kawasaki disease will develop cardiac complications. If a child is diagnosed and treated after 10 days of symptoms, that risk of cardiovascular complications is cut in half to approximately 12%. If a child is diagnosed and treated within a week of symptom onset, that risk is further reduced to approximately 4%. So, a delay in diagnosis of just three days can triple a child's risk of developing a coronary artery aneurysm. That is why it is so important for us as emergency physicians to be able to recognize and diagnose Kawasaki disease. Now, How do we diagnose Kawasaki disease? Well, for starters, it's a clinical diagnosis, meaning there is no definitive gold standard test that will tell us if this patient has Kawasaki or if this patient does not have Kawasaki. The red flag symptom that should raise alarm bells in your brain is the presence of fever for five or more days. Along with fever for five days, there needs to be other symptoms present to clinch the diagnosis. The mnemonic that was discussed during the oral boards case earlier this month is the one that I use personally to remember the symptoms of Kawasaki. That mnemonic is crash and burn. 
C stands for conjunctivitis. R stands for rash, which is usually a polymorphous rash, meaning it can present differently in different children. Most often, the rash is a morbilliform rash, which appears similar to measles, but it can be maculopapular, it can be erythematous, and it can be located anywhere on the body, but most commonly, it's on the torso. A stands for adenopathy, which is usually unilateral cervical adenopathy. S stands for strawberry tongue and the other changes that occur to the mucous membranes, such as erythema, swelling, or cracked lips. H stands for changes to the hands and feet. Usually children present with swelling or erythematous changes or desquamation of their hands and feet. And lastly, burn stands for five days of fever. So again, real quick, crash and burn. C for conjunctivitis. R for rash. A for adenopathy. S for strawberry tongue. H for hands and feet. Burn for five days of fever. So to make the diagnosis of Kawasaki disease, you must have five days of fever plus at least four of the five other symptoms. Now, there is a disease entity called incomplete Kawasaki disease. Incomplete Kawasaki disease usually presents with five days of fever, but only two or three of the five other symptoms. These kids have the same exact risk of developing cardiovascular complications as full-blown Kawasaki disease, so it is also important not to miss incomplete Kawasaki disease. For the diagnosis of incomplete Kawasaki disease, most protocols require the presence of elevated inflammatory markers, such as white blood cell count, ESR, or CRP, to make the diagnosis. So, it is always important to order these inflammatory markers whenever you're working up a child for Kawasaki disease. Now let's talk about treatment. The treatment in the ED is very straightforward. We will usually initiate an infusion of intravenous immunoglobulin, which is also known as IVIG. And then we will also start the child on a regimen of high-dose aspirin, which they'll usually take every six hours for the first week or two, and then they will eventually transition to a lower-dose aspirin for four to eight weeks. And that's all you really need to know as far as the emergency room management of Kawasaki disease. Now. I want to touch on one more disease that is very similar to Kawasaki disease that we are seeing more and more frequently. It is called multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children, or MIS-C for short. MIS-C is a constellation of symptoms that we are seeing present two to four weeks after a COVID-19 infection in children, and is similar yet distinct from Kawasaki disease. Like Kawasaki's disease, the primary symptom is a persistent fever in a child. In addition to the persistent fever, these children can also have conjunctivitis, nonspecific rashes, and mucous membrane changes, all appearing very similar to Kawasaki disease. Now, there are many features of MIS-C that distinguish it from Kawasaki disease. MIS-C tends to affect older children, greater than the age of 10, and tend to only affect children who have recently gotten over a COVID-19 infection. In addition, Children with MIS-C have a wide variety of symptoms that depend on which organ systems are involved. The most common distinguishing symptoms are GI symptoms, so these children often present with nonspecific abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Other organ system involvement tends to be discovered on laboratory testing. So, we will see extremely high 
inflammatory markers, such as ESR, CRP, white blood cell count, ferritin, D-dimer, etc. Renal involvement manifests as acute kidney injury with elevated creatinine and reduced GFR. Cardiac involvement typically presents with elevated troponin and elevated pro-BNP levels. The cardiac involvement can actually be life-threatening. These kids are at risk of developing a serious myocarditis and can present in cardiogenic shock. To give some anecdotal examples, I saw three children that were ultimately diagnosed with MIS-C on my three-week PDM block. They all presented with persistent fever, GI symptoms like nonspecific belly pain, nausea and vomiting, and they all oddly had conjunctivitis. Two of these kids had acute kidney injury, and one of them presented in cardiogenic shock, requiring inotropic support and a PICU admission. All that being said, we still do not know much about the etiology of MIS-C, other than it can appear similar to Kawasaki disease and is somehow related to a previous COVID-19 infection. Diagnosis and treatment algorithms vary from hospital to hospital, as MIS-C is still a new disease entity that we do not know much about. I am telling you guys about MIS-C just so that you are aware of its existence. I do not expect to see MIS-C on any exams for quite some time until we understand more about the pathophysiology and treatment of the disease. Okay, let's wrap things up and do a quick recap. Kawasaki disease is an autoimmune small vessel vasculitis that presents with symptoms that follow the crash and burn mnemonic. That is, C for conjunctivitis, R for rash, A for adenopathy, S for strawberry tongue, and H for changes to hands and feet, and then burn for five days of fever. Treatment is with IVIG and high-dose aspirin. Make sure to be on the lookout for Miss C, which is a post-COVID-19 inflammatory syndrome that can present similar to Kawasaki disease. It usually presents with persistent fever, conjunctivitis, rash, and very prominent GI symptoms, which distinguishes it from Kawasaki. It also tends to affect older children, age greater than 10, while Kawasaki disease affects younger children, usually aged less than 5. And that's all I have for you today. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to shoot me an email, mike at emclerkship.com. Thanks again to our sponsors, Pearson Ravitz, and until next month, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.